listening to Everyday Engineering, the City of Madison's engineering podcast where we talk about infrastructure, complex topics explained simply. From the water that flows down your drain to the rain and snow that drains into the lakes. By way, the curbs and streets we design. City engineering touches your life in so many ways. Explained right now in Everyday Engineering. Public transit is part of a growing conversation here in the city of Madison. You may even be listening to this podcast episode on your way riding on the bus. Whether you use public transit or join in on the conversation, if you travel in the city of Madison, you're impacted by it in some form or another. And if you aren't already you most likely will in the future. That's where our conversation will lead us today. My name is Hannah Molinitsky, City of Madison Engineering Division Public Information Officer and your host for this podcast. And today I'm joined by City of Madison Transportation Department Director Tom Lynch and City of Madison Engineering Division City Engineer Jim Wolf, two key people involved in the future of public transit joining us. So thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us, Hannah. Yeah, it's good to be here. (laughs) Yes. So before we begin, can you both share your role in the city's current work with public transit? Yeah, so Metro Transit is in the Department of Transportation, and we're uh, moving forward with some pretty significant initiatives with the implementation of East-West BRT. We're getting ready for North-South BRT. Uh, We're actively trying to recruit or attract Amtrak here. Mm-hmm. And then on June 11th, the transit network redesign goes into effect. And that Sunday, all the buses and the bus numbers are going to change to a different system. Wow. So talk about impact. Yeah. And that's, you're definitely in it, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> you're leading it. Uh, Jim? And from the engineering department, we're working closely with Tom's department to get all that new infrastructure contracted engineering drawings put together and get that infrastructure built so that we can serve the the new metro routes. Wow. Okay. So as we, this is a big, big conversation. So we'll try to unpack parts of it as we go. Um, As we sit here today, where does our public transit sit and what does it consist of? In 2023. I'm going to say that the the pandemic had a huge effect on transportation across the board, right? I'm going to say um, for Metro Transit, I think our ridership dropped to 10% of what it was at at the height of the pandemic. However, that 10% was a really important 10%. We were getting nurses to the hospitals. In fact, we had to do extra runs to our hospitals to make sure that essential workers got to where they needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also saw, um, you know, 40% drop on our roads. Um, our parking garages saw a considerable drop, <clears throat> you know, 60% drop of our normal revenues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that our, our transit ridership now is up to about um, between 16 and 70% of where it was in 2019. And it's particularly growing quite a bit in the campus area. Mm-hmm. Our um, our roads are not quite, but almost up to pre-pandemic levels. Our, our parking garages are not. Uh, we have kind of a new paradigm where a lot of our downtown workers are working from home. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and a lot of those workers filled our garages during, during the week. And so we have to figure out what the new normal will be for our parking garages. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the lower traffic volumes, particularly on East Washington and University Avenue, give us a little bit more liberty to consider how we're allocating the space in the street. Do we really need to devote as much space to cars 
Mm-hmm. And then um, our bus ridership is um, is growing. And then I, th- I think we this is kind of a strategic opportunity for us to kind of rearrange the way our, our bus system works. Uh, I'm going to say in, in 2018, <clears throat> we had a lot of peak hour ridership, which means a lot of people on the buses in the morning, a lot of people on the buses in the evening, not so many people in the buses in the middle of the day. And so we had mm-hmm. lots of routes that would just be morning and evening routes. And then our bus drivers would actually be in, in the break room, mm-hmm. you know, for four hours in the middle of the day. Um, now that our, our working schedules are more flexed, uh, we have the opportunity to kind of reallocate those resources so that we have a more consistent service throughout the day, mm-hmm. you know, so that in the middle of the day, we don't have, you know, hour service, we can have half hour or maybe 20 minute service during the day and, and even it out, which helps everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and as we look ahead, we have bus rapid transit, which will change the game dramatically. Uh, if, am I safe to say that big word dramatically? Because I, I do, I do think it's going to change the experience. It's going to definitely change the way that we do our work in engineering. Um, so I'd like to ask both of you, I guess, how um, how will it change? And if anyone hasn't heard about it yet, can you kind of share the biggest changes users will notice? So we'll start with Tom and then go from to the design to you, Jim. Yeah, right now, when you need to take a bus, um, you have to get your phone out and see when the next bus is coming. Mm-hmm. Well, bus rapid transit will occur so frequently that you don't have to check your phone. You just know if you go to the stop, it will be there. You know, every uh, in the downtown core, it'll be every five minutes. Um, kind of the near downtown will be every seven minutes. And the extremities, you know, it'll be every 15 minutes. Um, we'll have better service on the weekends. So if you think about <clears throat> going to Woodman's now, and if you're a transit-dependent person, mm-hmm. you know, we have hour service, right? So it makes shopping a four-hour experience, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you have 15-minute service on the weekends, it's not a four-hour experience anymore for someone who needs it. But also, it's, it's just going to be more convenient. Um, you'll get on the bus. Most of our stations will be covered. Um, they'll actually have um, some heaters, small heaters mm-hmm. during the, the winter. They're push-button heaters. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, uh, uh, you will board instead of swiping a card. You'll tap a card. It'll be level boarding. Um, 60% of the system will be on dedicated right-of-way, which means the buses will have their own lanes. They won't get stuck in congestion. Mm. Your buses will be on time. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's a lot of advantages. It'll be kind of, it'll be exciting. How does it change the game for us? So when we look at our roadway designs now, especially along these uh, transit priority networks, um, as Tom mentioned before, we're really looking at allocating dedicated space to buses. Mm-hmm. Instead Is there of, space? Uh, <laughs> I mean, design? if you think about how it's used, you know, we've got like dedicated car lanes right now sure. that if you can serve a whole bunch more people using public transit than, in, you know, individual personal vehicles, then it does make transportation pretty efficient if we have a dedicated lane for a bus as opposed mm-hmm. to dedicated lanes for cars. And instead of having buses operate on roadways that are just roadways and the buses just make it work. We can design roadways suited for buses and efficient public transit. Mm -hmm. Um, So that means 
some better infrastructure, good connectivity for bikes and pedestrians to use this as well, that it's really going to be more of a multimodal effort. And we're thinking long term about that and how we can move a lot of people as we're really a growing city. And maintaining maintaining and design, like working through that part of it. Can you kind of shed light on how will we keep up with that? Uh, we're keeping up with maintaining our roadways and things right now. So <laughs> a lot of it is just going to be kind of business as usual. Sure. Um, but we are going to have these additional stations. And, you know, it's going to be a multi-agency effort to think about how we can maintain some of those and, you know, making sure that we're factoring those into our work plans. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it step by step together um public transit okay so this is kind of a kind of the basis of why we're kind of here today um public transit and the strategy for cities is very much the center of a lot of conversations right now in our world some communities are doing it better than others and some are rock stars and some are still trying to figure it all out how it fits into their municipalities and their areas for their communities based on their needs and wants um, reading off of an article from the American Society of Civil Engineers named Public Transit Future is Bright, it had a number of interesting themes. I just kind of want to bounce off of your minds as it applies to our city. Um, their article, they talked with civil engineers and consultants working on these projects and in this area found some emerging themes. First one, so there's five. Um, the themes demonstrate um, public transit and optimism and confidence in the future of public transit, especially given recent commitments to new funding. Do you think that's true to us in the city of Madison? Yes, um, particularly in the city of Madison. Um, the East-West BRT mm -hmm. is approaching, uh, not quite, but it's approaching $200 million. It's the largest project the city's ever undertaken. And of that, about $100 $40 million is federal money. Mm. So, you know, <clears throat> we would not be able to do anything like this unless we um, were able to leverage uh, that. Um, part of that federal money is uh, incentives from the Bill Act for us to use an electric fleet. You know, mm -hmm. back when we were conceiving this five years ago, we were, no, we're going to be using diesel buses. We're not. We're having a 100% electric fleet, which is pretty exciting, I think. Mm -hmm. um, we also want to uh, submit an application for the North-South BRT because the funding is just so great right now. And there just really aren't as many cities that are primed and poised as we are. You know, it takes a while to get these projects into a pipeline, and we're kind of in the pipeline. And so as long as these federal dollars are here, we'd like to use them. Mm -hmm. That totally, I mean, that keeps us busy. It certainly does. <laughs> Um, and it, it really helps that in the city of Madison, we have great support from the mayor and our alders um, that we're showing a dedicated effort to improving our public transit. And that helps when we're applying for these federal funds, too. Um, so going forward, we're just going to stick with that commitment um, and keep trying to build around these these networks. Um, you know, I think, as most people know, a lot of Madison is really limited geographically. We've got the lakes. Mm -hmm. tiny isthmus we don't have the room to just keep building out 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 or mm -hmm. adding lanes uh, to accommodate cars if we're talking about being a growing city and having all these great amenities and entertainment options and things downtown and employment centers that connecting those with public transit is going to be really important to continue our growth and making sure that we've got a thriving downtown area too yeah for sure um next theme uh, there's a new direction for public transit in terms of the motive power to move passengers from point A to point B. 
Thoughts on that? Is that true here? Yeah, I think so. And I think Tom hit on that too, that with the new bus rapid transit routes being in all electric fleet, mm -hmm. um, getting away from those diesel power buses, I think uh, is pretty exciting. Yes. Yes. Um, next theme. There is a need for greater equity in transportation to better serve previously underserved groups and communities. True here? Yeah, I I strongly agree. Um, as I said, our system in 2018 was really oriented towards white-collar downtown workers. Mm -hmm. And so we, um, we put on extra you know, routes during the morning and evening, but those routes weren't there on the weekends or the evenings when other um, workers, non-traditional workers, have to travel. Mm -hmm. You know, it costs um, $12,000 a year to own a car. So let's say if, if you're making $45,000 a year, mm -hmm. you know, that's a third almost of your income just to have a car. And so if you can Instead, you know, spend $1,000 for bus passes through the year. It's a huge savings. But, you know, that, that service has to be available when you go to work and has to be available when you come home from work, yep. right? And so, uh, you know, our, our transit network redesign, along with the, the bus rapid transit, is spreading out our service. It'll go earlier to later. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, you know, some analysis say that... Um, 90% or more of our uh, communities of color and low income will have greater access, much greater access to jobs and services. So, um, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to go back to the antidote, you know, going to the Woodman's on a Saturday, you know, that's a four-hour chore that for someone in a car might be an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, could we make that a two-and-a-half-hour chore instead of a four-hour chore, you know? Yes. Yeah, I think for sure. And then I think you just kind of hit on this next theme. The focus on equity must come um, with corresponding flexibility and how exactly to provide transportation services, how to move people, by what means and what times of day and to what destinations. So making sure that we're flexible. And I think you just hit on that with the Woodman's example. Finally, transit agencies are adopting new technologies to better operate their systems and meet the needs of their customers. Is that true? New technologies? Yes. And if, it, <laughs> if, if, you, uh, if you go to Europe, you know they're ahead of us. It's, it's easier to pay, get on transit in Europe than it is here. But um, uh, Metro Transit has um, have a, a contract with a technology vendor that's going to upgrade our our fare collection system, clever devices. Uh, we'll have tap, paying, a cashless system. Uh, you'll still be able to use cash, but it'll be easier um, just to use your credit card. And then we have fare capping. So right now, you know, many people might not have the the money for a monthly pass, right? So they buy daily, but it's more expensive if you, if you purchase it daily. Well, we'll have fare capping, which means if if by the 10th of the month you've already spent what it would cost for a monthly pass, you just get the monthly pass rate for the rest of the month. And so there's a lot of benefits that we can do to, um, I'd like to say we're, um, I would like to say we're on the leading edge, but if you go to Europe and some of these other countries, we're not, but we're catching up. And uh, 
those contracts have already been signed. We are we're moving, and that will be part of our new system. Is that hold true for how we build and design roads? Are we ahead of the game? Are we right where we're supposed to be? Are we behind, you know, Europe, I guess, in this conversation? I don't know. What do you think, Jim? To a certain extent, I would say we're still a bit behind that for a very long time, our roadways in this country were heavily dedicated to cars. Mm -hmm. Um, It was about getting people and their individual vehicles uh, to and from downtown to suburb areas and the like. And, you know, in Europe, they have had dedicated transit for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we're starting to catch up on that, too, and making that a priority for our roadways, too, that there are a lot of different ways you can travel in the city. And we're making sure that people have good options, good, safe options uh, to travel how how they need to Um, and making sure that, you know, we're considering things like climate and trying to move away from so many fossil fuel powered vehicles into something that's more efficient and cleaner. I I think that, you know, I think as we're talking about public transit, but just like transit, like how do people move around the city? How are we designing, you know, what does that look like in the future for us in engineering, especially? Um, What does the future look like? Is it going to just stay the same as we're doing now? Are we going to keep pushing for different new ideas how does that work? We're going deep this morning on the middle of the week. We're recording on this. But what do you think? I'm interested, and I think a lot of people would be interested to hear what the city engineer has to say. So in the 16 years that I've been with the engineering division, we've come a very long way on transportation. Like how? Um, I just remember even when I started, our roadways, if you'd looked at a, a typical roadway on like a main arterial heavy traffic roadway, mm-hmm. is generally two vehicle lanes, and then an unprotected bike lane, and probably sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And now when we're looking at a similar type of roadway, now we're looking at maybe one, maybe two vehicle lanes, but having a dedicated bus lane on those transit routes and having a more protected bike facility to provide good separation to make sure that it's a comfortable, safe option for people to, to bike places as well. Or maybe even they can use those routes to bike to the BRT line and they can get onto a bus and get to where they're going to. Um, that's really trying to connect those pieces and, and make sure that it's safe for those those cleaner, um, more sustainable transportation options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pile on a little bit. Yeah. I, I feel like there's been a paradigm shift. You know, 15 years ago, a, a key design component of a road would be how are we delaying automobiles? What is the level of service, right? Like don't delay them? <clears throat> yeah, don't delay like, them. Don't or, delay. or can we afford adding five seconds of delay to the vehicles? Right now, we are, it's not, we are like totally for auto traffic, but the focus now is on safety and moving people, not, um, not um, just moving cars efficiently. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, with that paradigm shift of, of safety, well, that means we want you know pedestrians to be safe, and we've had some some hard some hard deaths over the last couple years. I'm just going to say, mm-hmm. of cyclists and and pedestrians. So safety, and then also um, how do how do we move people? Like Jim was saying, this um, we can move 80 people in about 200 feet with a bus that takes us a mile and a half of lane in a car. 
so you you think about it. That's that's a big deal. And you know, in the morning, our buses are full, and we are moving eighty people. Yes. And and those eighty people could be you know seventy five cars that really take up a mile and a half. So it, it's kind of a win win. Oh, yeah, we're we're dedicating a little bit of of um, space to to public transportation, but. You know, those 80 people could be 80 cars right next to you, you're, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> sl- slowing you down. So it, yeah. I, I think it's it's kind of a, a win-win. So we're about moving people, mm-hmm. not moving vehicles, I think. And speaking of people, I mean, we're not just doing this because it's a nice thing to do. We're, we're Yes, the safety is, is driving it, moving people, but there's more people than there was. You know, the city's growing, so... How does that factor? We need to be able to move more people around safely. How does that factor with like the quantity of people now, even given, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago? Yeah. So when I moved to Madison, it was at 190,000. Now it's at 260. So that was a a 40% increase. And how long ago was that? Uh, 1990. 1990, okay. To 2020. So sure. we've had a, a 40, I think, 42% increase in population. Yeah. And um, I'm going to actually say we're, we're growing more now mm-hmm. than we were, were then. And um, so you just add another. So if we're at, you know, 260, if we add another 40%, you know, we're, we're going to be approaching 400, 400,000. So we can't add three more lanes on East Washington mm-hmm. or University Avenue. Or Park Street, so we we have to figure out a different way of doing it. Yeah, and that's the future. What we have putting, what we're working on right now, bus rapid transit, trying to everything we just talked about, all of the things. Anything else you want to add about the future of public transit or transit in the city of Madison as we wrap up? One quick thing for me to add to is that the Department of Transportation, City Engineering, we're also working with the Planning Department. Yes, and setting up some land uses and things around these transit networks so that. We're building up around these transit networks in a way that, you know, people that are moving here and as our population is growing, they can be served well by public transit, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that we're trying to think about going into the future as well. So like land use, what do you mean by that? Um, Like new developments, like Mm -hmm. uh, higher density new developments, more apartments and retail and some of those things. So impacting a lot more people because there's more people and making sure that there's space for people to be present near those paths yep exactly got it it's like i'm a public information officer or something (laughs) for the engineering division (laughs) understanding what you're saying and digesting it this is good um anything else you want to add final word tom yeah i'm going to just say that sometimes change is hard Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that change isn't good you know if our, our our previous transit system had a lot of inequities in it and so this change that we're making with our transit network redesign is going to be hard and then the bus rapid transit adjusting to the lanes, that's going to be hard, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be not good. It's going to be good. You know what I mean? And uh, so I just, uh, all the listeners, I pray that, I hope that you will uh, just uh, have patience, you know, have patience (laughs) over the next uh, two years, because I think in three years, you'll be saying, yes, this is a good system. We, We, you know, we've graduated to the next level of city that we needed to become. What a great idea to end on and plan, it sounds like. So three years, 
we'll be having this conversation again and double checking. Did we accomplish? No, I, this is good. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Jim, for being here. Uh, if you have a question about this topic or anything else um, we cover on this podcast, especially if you want to keep in touch with BRT and the process and that, there's a lot of resources on the city's website um, for that as well. Uh, email us at engineer at cityofmadison.com. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, we are always here for you as a resource every day in engineering. Thank you.